New Year, same old music, live from an ESG-shaped rotting Christmas tree corpse. It's the ESG industry's only weekly woke data podcast featuring analyst hole Matt Muscardi. Woo! I took our Christmas tree down yep. on December 26th at 10 oh, in the morning. I'm not kidding. That's I'm not sad. kidding. Done. Out. In today's... ESG-flavored milk mustache called January 3rd, 2024. The anti-DEI machine and the Harvard board. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Nobody's excited about that. <laughs> I'm excited. That's, I'm kind That's of excited. we're starting 2024. <laughs> Our show today is being sponsored by FreeFlow Analytics, the only ESG data platform to measure real board influence and diversity power gaps. That's true. That's true. You are the DEI problem, free flow analytics. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, let's just get to it. You ready? <laughs> I, hate, I hate this. Hey, what? Do you have any, uh, like, what, 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 before we even get started, like, what was your, we basically took a week off here. What'd you do? Seems like forever. Oh, man, I, it was gluttonously awesome i just i, yeah, did you, did you I essentially so what, 17 I, pounds I, I think i've gained about 15 pounds since to be fair since thanksgiving although okay. everyone, everyone's well, telling me like duh that's normal but i yeah but i want to feel bad about myself I, why do i have to feel like everybody else i want to feel <laughs> stupid so did you make a resolution to lose the 15 Not pounds a resolution like everybody else i i I stumbled upon something in the last few days is that I was never hungry anymore and it and it kind of I kind of felt sad about that. It just felt awkward. Wait. I was I, I woke up full. I in fact <laughs> yesterday my first day back at work, January 2nd, the first day I you know tried to start eating well. I didn't eat until about 7:30 at night because I wasn't technically hungry because I was eating so much food. I'm serious. <laughs> so you're like a polar bear living off. Yeah, your, but it was great. Like the, the only stores? issue, the only real issue, is that I live in Portland, Maine, and we've had no snow, and it's terrible. It, it's the worst. Yeah, it's it's climate change. You're welcome. But, okay, but forget all that. You need snow to cover up how ugly everything is. Well, <laughs> I mean that's the that's the real point of snow up here is that it's just trashy and ugly up here in Maine. We need the the nice white snow to cover it all up. My my secret is to lay out in the snow myself, so nobody nice. notices like, like uh, how I expanded. All right, what do we got going on for you know, our first woke Wednesday of yeah. 2024? This is a I, this is a bad one. This is an exhausting yeah, one because we did a full good. we did a full anger pivot this morning because I got unfortunately I got caught up reading Bill stupid Bill Ackman's anti DEI rants. Bill. Bill, I know you, you You at least are a fan of the show and you have friends that listen to the show. Just come on the show because I really want to yell at you. I just really want to... <laughs> I think you're a terrible person and I really want to tell you about that. I really want to I'd share like, that feeling with you. Can I just say yeah. that when anybody, like, in his thing, in his, like, 4,000-word Twitter screed, yes. which anti-DEI yeah. oh, Twitter Yes, he posted screed. his thoughts on anti-Semitism, yes, on twitter on x on elon musk's yeah probably I, the I, most <laughs> probably the most famous anti-semite in the world maybe, maybe kanye yeah. west maybe maybe he's tied with him i don't know yeah this is where bill ackman goes this is where he goes to post adidas his... ceo last year said kanye west was not a bad guy well so... no one said that about bill ackman yet nobody 
Well, Bill Ackman did say that Elon Musk is not an is right. not anti-Semitic, and Bill so. Ackman himself said that he's he himself is not a bully. So I guess I have to believe him, even yeah. though he just bullied a black woman out of a job at Harvard. So I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on. I, and and he did manage to focus on just three places where he didn't like the reaction to the Hamas attacks. Three places three where, places. where the leaders were what? Where were all the leaders? All the all the leaders were women. That's yeah, and, like, and I, it's and, just that. And it's important to point out because it is really hard to find three of anything where the leaders are women in our culture. It's, it, yeah. it's really difficult. Yeah, so the, hats off to academia for actually having the the bravery to hire women. But yeah, Bill, good job. You good job. You, you knew what you were doing. You knew you you knew you were focusing on them for that reason because that's what as we've been screaming about for the entire 2023. This is what the anti DEI anti ESG movement is. It is simply a movement against women and people of color. That's it. We can't figure out any other. Okay, you're gonna have to tell me the. the I will tell you at the towards the end. Let's go through it. So this is what happened. We pivoted our show to to this because we just got angry this morning. Um, So so I'll start you off with with just some of the DEI headlines that I've already captured. Uh, First, I'll start. Let's start off with the only good news of the day. Okay, this is out of Fortune. I, I already don't like it. HR leaders say they're still committed to DEI in 2024 despite the anti-woke backlash. So that's good, right? Ah, there you go. Well, that sounds troubling somehow. Yeah, you know, you know which people inside of corporations are the ones that get listened to the most? The, HR. The, the, Everybody the, the loves women, HR. The women and people of color that run <laughs> HR in corporate HR. America. Like, yeah. of course, the HR leader. Look, HR leaders are in a position where. Uh, they kind of have to say this because if they didn't say this, and I don't know, ev- all of the people yeah. of color and mm-hmm. women who work in the corporations were like, "What is happening now that everybody hates us?" Because all of this anti DEI stuff, yeah. it seems like you hate. Like inside of MSCI when we were there, there was a women started, women led group mm-hmm. that would meet. About women leadership, yeah, right? Like that in Boston, wasn't, yeah, I remember in Boston, right? It, it wasn't like you know by corporate mandate. It, no. There wasn't a DEI officer. It was basically women inside the organization saying, "Hey, we need to sort of mentor each other because there is no path forward for us if we don't mentor each other. We need to like yes. talk about these issues and and bring them up." That is where DEI officers and the whole movement came from. It yeah. was people inside saying, "There's." We need to create our own way up because we're not being given it no matter how hard we work mm-hmm. and how good we are. And now the like the HR department is the one, just like in the pandemic, who had to clean up the, the mess of the pandemic. They now get to clean up the DEI. Right, but, good for them. But don't forget that you say they have to do this. Don't forget they're they're doing this because they are women and people of color, right? It's the well, only, yeah, it's the only they, executive branch of these corporations where that's still true. Majority women, where is yeah. true ever? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and not to besmirch MSCI, but I went to one of those uh, meetings in Boston. It was a breakfast. One of the board members was there. I. I and I'm not forgetting her name conveniently just so I don't point her out. I just I honestly forget her name. But she was asked about being a, a, a woman on the board of MSCI, being a board member, and she basically said, I don't care. And the whole oh. room... <laughs> 
The, the deflation, the whole room just went, it was a sad, awkward moment. Yeah. I will say this, and there's things that happened that I can't say with. I will say yes, this. Yes. There was pushback mm-hmm. on the women who were sort of like having these conversations for well, some time yeah. before it became accepted. Okay. And that, in and of itself, tells you what you need to know about why it's important that DEI exists, yeah. right? Like as a concept, as an effort, as a initiative inside these corporations, because there was legitimate pushback to like women gathering to talk about their careers and, and furthering themselves. And I will say as a side note that this woman was on the board because of an activist investor. So she, so this was, I think this was a value, value ah, act. Ah, value. Oh, so yeah, so sure. they're, yeah, they're not appointing the her. They're clearly not appointing her because of any care about yeah, they don't the care workplace, about diversity, any of that stuff. Yeah. All right. So the other uh, headlines, uh, this is from Moral Money Financial Times. They had an article out, what the drive for cleaner capitalism will look like in 2024. I don't really know what they mean by that, but, but number three and their list is ESG backlash evolves into DEI attacks. That's number yes. three. Well, so I think I, mean, I think what they're talking about is regulation on the states and federal level here. I also well, I think they're actually just catching up to what you've been saying for like mm-hmm. two years, Thank which you. is like you know all of this ESG backlash is really just about women and people of color. So you've been saying that for a while. Uh, 2020, uh, this is from Washington Post. 2024 might be do or die for corporate diversity oh, efforts. I don't like Come that one. On. I don't like that. That's, so, that's, such, that's so ridiculous. Come on. And they say, as lawsuits rise and opponents like Elon Musk declare that DEI must die, companies, companies are pulling back from some initiatives. So we're afraid. They're not. They're, they're, like, they, they might be pulling back from calling it DEI. I hope you're right. But but there's no you cannot now I hope you're go right. back and say what we're gonna hire eighty percent white men right like we're gonna put all like the entire executive team is they're already all white men like true. what are we going back to yeah. what's do or die yeah. it's already that so let's go right into it Elon Musk says DEI must die and Aww. and criticizes diversity schemes as discrimination. Blah, blah, blah. The comment comes days after Musk criticized reports that compensation for IBM executives would, would be tied to their ability to meet DEI goals when hiring. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I, point, I pulled this one because I wanted to talk very specifically about what he's talking about here, right? I just want to oh, remind so our audience gonna, what he's talking about. Wait, you're going to add facts to what yeah. he said? No, that's not going to work. So IBM has, a, yes, it has a diversity modifier. The modifier was based on the improvement in representation for executive women globally and black and Hispanic executives in the United States. We do leave out the Hispanic part. It's not just, we say that anti-DEI is targeted at black people only. It's obviously both, right? I mean, in America, at least, um, that's the target. Uh, So this modifier, Matt, this modifier, uh, uh, which was not exercised, it's never been exercised, Just I'm just telling this to Elon Musk, it creates He's listening. What it does is it create it, you can potentially you can add a little bit of annual bonus or take away a little bit of annual bonus for the for the named executive officer search. For the CEO this year, it 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 created a potential range for his bonus to be between three point three million dollars and three point six million dollars. So essentially, Matt, it has the power to to either 
take off $150,000 or add $150,000. That's it. That's the that's the modifier, right? $150,000. And just so you are, are super clear here, that $150,000 represents less than 1% of his total pay. Oh, there and, it is. And beyond that, speaking of MSCI, if we're going to use total realized pay, which also adds the amount of money that he made from stock options, and, and uh, that represents... Point zero point four percent of his total. Pay. So it's a it's a nothing. It in, it's a, baby. It's a nothing. Absolutely this a nothing. The, this, um, this is the gaslight, though, because if yeah. you say this in in a public filing, people will just say, "Oh my god!" Like we just spent six months talking about ESG now is driving CEO compensation. So that's why all the companies are doing all this woke shit. I don't like everybody needs to, to, to do some basic reading in addition. It is less than 1% in almost every single case. There is not a single executive on the planet who's yes. sitting down being like, we need to pivot from what we're doing to concentrate on DEI so I can get a bigger bonus because the amount of that bigger bonus is infinitesimally small compared to all the other stuff that you get a bonus from. And let's not forget that in the case of IBM, this is we're talking about CEO uh, Arvind Krishna. The women globally, black, uh, black and Hispanic executives in the United States all improved slightly last year. Okay, and Ooh. yet still, they did not exercise the diversity modifier. Okay, uh, so it's not even it's not even being it's, used. It's not even being used. It doesn't need to be used. It's less than his allocation for private jets usually, right? Like, they were talking about nothing. So so moving on, let's get to the story that uh, triggered me in the first place. Bill Ackman just posted a 4,000-word essay at 2 a.m. Yes, on so Elon Musk's dumb. X, cataloging his arguments on why DEI needs to die. This is uh, uh, basically less than 24 hours after... Uh, President Claudine Gay at Harvard stepped down. I don't know if she was That's removed. Right. I don't know if she voluntarily stepped down. I don't, she do resigned. We know that? She resigned. Quotes. Yeah. There's way, you know, I don't, I'll hand it off to you at this point before we get into talking about Harvard's actual board because, um, you know, there's a, a lot in the press being talked about this on both sides. So I don't know what we have to add here. But what we can add is to actually look at the Harvard board. No one, no one does this stuff. No one actually yeah. looks at the people who actually make these decisions at these places, but we will. But I will say this, Matt. Um, I will say this about Bill Ackman. He's a terrible person. <laughs> I don't think that you're do you have, Do you want to add anything? Do you want to add anything? Oh, he said no. this. He said this, which particularly triggered me. And 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 step back for a second and consider the, if you want to consider the history of anti-Semitism in our world, which has been going on for thousands of years, l let alone talking about, you know, like World War II, which was what, 80 years ago at this point? Here's what Bill Ackman said. He said, DEI is the root cause of anti-Semitism at Harvard. Ooh. Breaking news. So that's it, Anti-Semitism started in the last year. So this is what we've discovered. Bill Ackman has, this is what we he has revealed, is that it is in fact DEI, which is the root cause of anti-Semitism. It's well, not I anything else in the world. It's DEI. He says a lot. That there, are, there are nuggets in there, and this is what I keep Terrible nuggets. About all the gaslighting, though. There are nuggets in there that are or feel true. 
right? Like, and there's just enough of them where you're like, is is something he's saying reasonable? But yes, it's, it's, it's the Cucker Tarlson theory of research, right? You throw out, you throw entirely. out like cherry pick data points, and you add a question mark, and you get conspiracy theories flying. <laughs> yeah. But it's like he, he's talking about like how singling out one class of person is a version of racism or reverse racism or whatever you want to call it. While, meanwhile, he single-handedly using his money, influence, and power, his bully powerful pulpit. friends, yeah. his bully pulpit, which is only because he is a billionaire. Right, That's like it. we're not talking. No one else would listen to this it. puke of an like, individual. I, would, I, yeah, I wouldn't listen to his thing. You had to say he would have he would have even it. a smaller audience than we have here at, at Free Float. Almost, almost. <laughs> Hard to do that, but uh, but honestly, like the only reason, like he basically targeted three women at these organizations, at the uh, academic institutions mm -hmm. specifically, and yeah. he's made excuses for everyone else who's posted actual anti-Semitic things. Yeah. Elon Musk posted replacement theory, he's calling it actual truth on X, mm -hmm. and Ackman backed him. Mm -hmm. Ackman said, because he you shoots don't from understand the hip. Elon. He yeah. shoots from the hip, you don't understand it. Yeah. Claudine Gay doesn't, like, like violently reject the Hamas attacks fast enough for his liking, and she's she is furthering anti-Semitism. That that juxtaposition, like he is doing the same thing he hates, but he's doing it with billions of dollars at his disposal, and proving that what we really want is one protected class who can say what they think, and everyone else should do it, and everybody else. That's yeah. it. That's the whole thing. Here, I'll move on to the Harvard board. Here's the one quote that really got me. This is actually the quote that got me going this morning. He says, when one examines DEI and its ideological heritage. What heritage? Yeah, well, don't forget, <laughs> he's he's being cheeky there because that, that heritage is kind of referring back to the Confederate era of our country. That's always the word used to, to support the Confederate times, right? Confederate people heritage. He says, so it, when so one examines DEI and its ideological heritage, it does not take long to understand that the movement is inherently inconsistent with basic American values our country, since its founding, has been about creating and building a democracy with equality of opportunity for all. He is talking yeah. about an, an economy, <laughs> a, a, a constitution created by slave owners based on a slave economy. I mean, th he is. A, th this is what absolutely got me crazy. This one quote. I, I mean, I'd like. I'm well, sorry. Okay, because if you if you actually. If you then trans, if you take out the words DEI and its idol mm -hmm. ideological heritage, and you replace it with, um, uh, like enslaved, if one examines the desire of enslaved black people and women who like who had no right to vote or do anything, like when one examines that, it does not take long to understand that them wanting those rights yes. is inconsistent with basic American and values. You could, you could put abolitionists in there. You could put Frederick Douglass in there, right? I mean, a, a abolitionists would be inconsistent with basic American in values, right? In which case, he's kind of not wrong because the American values were huh. founded on the fact that slaves were worth less and women shouldn't vote. That's yes. how American values. So, like, it, the, it's the ending part where he says, uh, "Founded on uh, creating and building democracy with equality of opportunity for all." 
No, it was white male landowners. Yes. Like the, the, beyond landowners, not, slave owners, Matt. Slave those owners. are not disputable people owners. Like, facts. We yep. know that to be the case. And and the point of like the DEI movement is the long arc of doing exactly what he's saying, which is creating opportunity for all, for everyone, some sort of equal playing field. And nowhere in his screed does he mention money or class because it yes. would be yeah. Super upsetting if you were to tell him that he got a leg up against somebody who could be equally smart and equally successful successful if they were in his position where he was born, the way he was like the access to opportunity he had, their skin color was different, if their gender was different, they might be as successful. That is super harmful to his a self-image of someone who feels like they're a self-made success and I'm a billionaire because I'm worth it. Like Well well, <laughs> before I move on to that, because I think that's the story here is this protected class. Because this is what we talk about at this company all the time, this protected class class of directors who, who investors refuse to do any due diligence about don't care what the, who their what their names are don't vote them out don't, just you know put their hands up don't want to offend anyone because Matt there's actually a board we'll get to this in a second there's actually a board member at Harvard who sat on Bill Ackman's board yeah correct okay yeah. but <laughs> but before we get to that can I just say one thing the the, the the other irritant here is this this whole notion that Bill Ackman and Bill Ackman himself and maybe Elon Musk too they are the ones who understand the criteria necessary yeah, we don't get it. to be leaders at Harvard to be the president of Harvard right because the suggestion is of course it's not a suggestion it's it's blatantly said that Claudine Gay was only there because of diversity efforts she's a black woman but but so Bill Ackman, he holds the the knowledge of what makes a Harvard leader, right? I mean, wh this is the thing that gets me too. Is that? But that's th always the case. Always they the case. Know. Always the they case. They know. Yeah. But we don't. No. Where is else this? No. Where? But where is this scripted? Where is that? Where are the 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 traits of leadership, where are they written down so I can go look at it? Where let's did Moses put that? Let's find out on the Harvard board. Okay, let's look let's at the Harvard board. Out. Let's go. Let's move forward. All right, uh, let's move forward. Do you want some move forward Yeah, music? give me some move. I, I got to calm down. Give me some move forward music. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> there so we go. So you get this again. All right. So what nobody else will do but us is actually look at the Harvard board. So this is the uh, formerly known as the President and Fellows of Harvard. I love how it's the Fellows, of course, of, uh, well, of Harvard College. <laughs> and they call this, uh, fittingly enough, they call this the Harvard Corporation. This is the actual oh, name of the board, I like right? this. This is so So this got me to thinking, and I, and I actually met, when I started this project, I didn't necessarily think it was going to get me to where it got me. I thought, you know, Which maybe... Which is angry and upset and no, riled I, up. We're 20 I, minutes in and we're still yelling. No. <laughs> my sense was like, my sense was like, well, is it really a corporation? Do, do the people on the board act like our directors in our database? Because we cover what nine thousand different publicly listed companies. We have all yeah, these directors. But Matt, it turns out it's the same thing, absolutely the same. Ooh. Why don't we even start with the? I'm I'm gonna go kind of randomly here. Feel free to jump in. Um, let's start with the new interim president, the guy replacing Claudine Gay, Ollie Ollie. Oh, sorry, Alan Garber. Okay? okay, no joke, Matt. He sits on two publicly traded boards in our database. <laughs> oh. He sits on Vertex Pharmaceuticals and Exelixis, another pharmaceutical. Matt, he is already a corporate director, this guy. 
Well, that's good. That means we can look him up. I'm just saying, like, the, it's the same. I, I, I'm sorry. It's just. But, listen, I'm just going to go down and tell you the other Harvard board members who also sit on publicly traded corporations. Ken Cheneau, he used to be the uh, CEO and chair at American Express. He is currently on the board of Berkshire Hathaway and Airbnb. He used to sit on IBM, Procter & Gamble, and Facebook. Uh, Ooh, Paul Fit and their DEI efforts. Paul Finnegan used to be the director at CDW Corporation. Karen Gordon Mills, uh, uh, she used to sit on Scott's Mioka Grow and Aero Electronics. Penny Pritzker, she's the chair of the Harvard board. She is from a, a, a very well-known Chicago family that started the Hyatt Hotel chain. She is on the board of Microsoft. Tracy Palangian, she, uh, Palandishian, uh, sorry, know, Tracy. She's the one who serves on Bill Ackman's board at Pershing Square Holdings, although oh, you told me she just stepped well, down, right? She stepped down December 23rd. She And she stepped down because of, quote, increased demands of her executive and other board commitments. Which, which is absolutely bullshit, we know, because there are, there are no increased demands that happened within the last week. And what we don't know is, is she embarrassed to be associated with Bill Ackman, or is it a bad Ooh. look for one of his board members to also be on the board of Harvard, which just basically fired well, he Claudia He just Gay. spent, he, I, I, like, you have to guess that, like, she's on the Harvard board. She is under direct attack from the guy who runs the company that she's also on mm -hmm. a board of. Mm -hmm. And she probably has a sense that this is not going to go Claudine Gay's way, right? Like, right. at some point, she must recognize that and probably pulls out. She had to pull out of somewhere. Yep. And pulling out of Persian Square means she is aligning herself with Harvard more than Ackman. I guess that's something. but Something. Uh, uh, Shirley Tillman used to serve on the board for uh, on Google for 13 years. And finally, t there's only 12 people on this Harvard board. And finally, Ted Wells, who was a well-known lawyer who represented basically every corporation you can think of, including representing ExxonMobil in people of the state of New York versus ExxonMobil. So he's uh, that was a big uh, suit alleging that ExxonMobil misled the company's investors about management of risks posed by climate change. So this is the Harvard board. I got to tell you one other feature before you jump in here. I don't know if, if you want to, if you have anything to add to this, but there are also quite a few Nepo babies on Ooh. Harvard's board. Uh, first is, of course, Chair Penny Pritzker. Of course, she, uh, her yeah, family, the Pritzker yeah. family, one of the, probably maybe the, the most, the richest family in Illinois. Again, she's, her, her, her grandfather, I believe, started the Hyatt Hotel chain. Her brother is the governor of Illinois. You have Karen Gordon Mills. Her, uh, her mom and her dad were both CEO at Tootsie Roll Corp Corporation. Her dad was a CEO at there for 53 years. Uh, Diana Nelson. Tootsie Rolls? Diana yeah. Nelson is a Nepo baby. Uh, her grandfather founded the company that she works for called uh, Carlson Holdings, a company that owns such properties as TGA Fridays. Uh, so there you go. So there's also a bunch of Nepo babies on the harbor. So again, the only reason why I'm pointing this out is that it, it essentially is the exact same makeup that we see at corporate boards. Well, so there's, there's very little here about, uh, very little about like traditional academics. I mean, I, I, I let me at least mention that Biddy Martin, she's the president of Amherst College, so that's a good thing. And then Shirley 
Tillman, who was the former president of Princeton. That's really the only kind of academic uh, expertise you have on this board. Well, let's talk like meritocracy, right? Go ahead. Like because and we we can do this. Like we've got four of these these people as directors in our database that are mm -hmm. active right now. Um, and that's Tracy Palagian, um, Ken Chenault, Penny Pritzker, and Karen Mills. Karen that's a, Mills that's is, a third of the Harvard board we're talking about. That's a yeah. third of the board. Karen Mills is not, we don't have a good data. No, you're wrong, by the way. You're wrong. been don't, on the, the board uh, for a while. Wait, before you get into that, Alan Garber, the, the new interim president who's on the board, he also is sitting, so it's it's five out of 12 Directors. Yeah, we don't have. I don't think we have enough data on Alan. Okay, so ahead. like, I don't okay. have the data on him. But Karen he, Mills yeah. um, is new to a board, so we don't have data on her. Okay. That's that's deep yet. Um, but Penny, Ken, and Tracy, we have data on. Okay. Um, and look, the, uh, Penny Pritzker is. She bets nine twenty for EBITDA for earnings, five seventy six for that's TSR. Good. She's like her biggest problem is she sits on a lot of controversial boards. Otherwise, she is like. A run-of-the-mill sort of director. Nepo baby. Um, Ken Ken Chenault like, let me is. Let say this about Penny Prisker, uh, just yeah. to, to highlight her nepo ba baby status. Uh, this is a, a, a good fail-up kind of person. Uh, she was the chair of Superior Bank of Chicago when it was seized by the FDIC in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. But that did, that clearly did not affect her career yeah, negatively. Look, no. it doesn't have a problem if you're billionaires and from the Pritzker family, yes, right? Exactly. Like, but Ken Chenault, the same, um, this basically the same as Penny Pritzker, five eighty-seven earnings, five twenty-nine TSR. He's a run-of-the-mill director. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a, like, and I'm just talking performance metrics. I have no idea if he's like a really interesting dude. He's on a lot of boards. He goes I, a lot of places. I will say, he knows a lot of people. He's a highly heavy, interconnected. A heavy, yeah, I was gonna say a heavy hitter director. American Express. Berkshire Hathaway, Airbnb, IBM, Procter & Gamble, Facebook over his career. That's incredible. On average, he knows 20%, the one in five of the directors who he's on the board with from other boards, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's connected to everyone everywhere. Like he is a highly interconnected dude. Absolutely. And Tracy is the only one in our data who's an all-star. 714 overall batting average, 602 TSR, which is a, just above average there. Um, she's really good on carbon. Earnings uh, mediocre, but overall she's a she's a she's an all-star. She's she's doing really well, which gets me to um, my theory yes. of what it is about a board like this. This is what just I've been waiting like for. I've been waiting the, for your theory on the Harvard Corporation. Go ahead. Just like yeah, nobody is. Um, just no, I like, am. I am. The woke boards that we like, the woke companies we keep talking about, what they have in common. Mm -hmm. I went through and I looked, I just looked at race and gender, um, identified gender where I could, uh, of everybody on this board, right? Yes. They are 64% white, they are 64% women, and it's a 55% white women. This is a female powered board. Yeah. Like there's only one white man on this board. Yeah, and I, can I say I'm I'm glad you pointed this out because I, I looked at like Harvard's biggest competitor, which would be Yale, I suppose. And because my initial thought when you told me this was, well, uh, you know, all academic boards are probably, right. are probably right. female majority, right? Because I mean, as they should be, uh, because they the They're majority of graduates are yeah. women right yeah but at yale 17 member board only six are women so this is actually <sighs> you're right to point this out this is a quality of harvard's board that is unique 
This is a unique quality. The most of the trustee boards, um, you know, like uh, Brown is a little bit more progressive, but very few of them are majority female yep. boards, mm -hmm. right? Um, especially at this level, at the Ivy League heavy hitter, like you know, massive institution level. Um, it doesn't help that three of the eight women are nepo babies. Right. Like nearly half the women have rich daddy's money, right? Or yeah. rich husband money. Or grandfather. Or, How dare or you? Or grandfather money, as yeah. the case may be, right? Um, it is a 36% non-white board. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, only one white man on the board. So here are the two things that I think are really aggravating. And then I'm going to give you some corporate comps, okay? Okay. Um, Th these are this is a board with women in power who got there the same way men used to get there every single time which is inherited wealth like there's mm -hmm. a lot of inherited wealth but in the hands of women on this board right. and women who control the money and the purse strings at a corporation these are the women who do the allocations they 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 are picking the leaders we do not like it and the if you want evidence of this, just look at the anti-woke voting patterns. We did this with Strive. Mm -hmm. Strive votes against women on boards on a two-to-one ratio. They, we do not like women in power, particularly yeah. powerful women. Yeah, this is not anecdotal evidence. This is a this is a clearly a campaign that targets women. So I went through all of the companies in our database yes. where female influence at those companies and these are companies where it's like not totalitarian companies it's not dual class it's not like you know single shareholder or founder led companies but these are um all of the companies that have female influence close to greater than or close to um the amount at harvard which is over 60 percent we'd asked but harvard has over you know 60 percent of the board is f female than what companies have 60% of the power that is female? Okay. From the bottom up, you have Northrop Grumman, uh -huh. the, 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 the major uh, military contractor. Surprising. Um, it seems surprising, except that the thing you're going to find in common is almost all of these companies mm -hmm. have been attacked by the conservatives as going woke. I was going to ask that, but yeah, good. I'm glad you pointed that out. Northrop Grumman, um, what, there was a big press release in um, a mag or a big uh, a piece in a magazine about how they were focusing on the rate of people of color and leadership, and um, they've gone woke. Um, they have 60% uh, female influence. American Electric Power, 61%. They were the only ones I couldn't find anything about them going woke, except mm -hmm. for the fact that their, their CEO did say in 2020, you know, we side with diversity and inclusion. It was post-George Floyd. So my guess is it's a matter of time. Mm -hmm. But the rest are Cummins, which um, was attacked on Fox News, um, uh, Duke Energy, mm -hmm. um, which was also attacked on Fox News, um, AMD, which I found Twitter rants about how AMD went woke because here's the quote from a user on Twitter. They now make promos with blue haired people and drag queens and all that stuff. So okay. they're woke. They're woke. We don't like them. We yeah. don't like AMD anymore. Okay. And it was like people talking about like why you buy NVIDIA stock mm -hmm. because AMD went woke and um, Intel, it, you know, sucks for some. They, they have a sucky chip, so there's no competition. Um, and then finally, <laughs> of course, at the top is the progressive corporation. Oh, yeah. 68% female influence. 
big write-up by the National Center for Public Policy Research about their DEI policies and how it's regressive progressive. Progressive CEO indicates that a person's viewpoint is determined by race and sex. This is Scott Shepard's group. They do all of the anti-woke mm -hmm. filings. Um, and uh, th they're, so they're an active target. And they're at 68% female influence, non-totalitarian board. They're the most in the U.S., yeah, CEO overall female influence. CEO Trisha Griffith over there at Progressive Corporation. So what you found, what I find is the more companies have high-powered female executives, female influence on the board, the more they are targeted as woke. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a consistent pattern of white men with money target Highly successful, powerful women or people of color. That's it. But for what? That's it. But other than like latent anger, narcissism, like for what reason? I don't even get the reason. It's just a, just just to protect their class further into the next generation. Is that it? I don't even know how the DEI program at Progressive Corporation and CEO Trisha Griffith. I don't even know how, how does that even rankle. Bill Ackman. I don't even understand. I don't even, I don't know what's going on. I really I mean, don't. all I know is that, like, who in their right mind is at the National Center for Public Policy Research is spending their time reading progressives' DEI policies, right? Like, this is That's a our company. Job. That's our job. We yeah. read DEI How policies. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, they're, 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 they're doing anti-ESG uh, work by doing ESG work. Well, it's also, it's really hard to get mad at Progressive because Progressive stock in the last five years is up over 175%, right? Like, so we're writing up DEI stuff at a company that has not had any problems in the last five years, in the last like decade, they're up like 2000%. We're talking about companies that are, that's a successful company. Well, let me end on this then. Because ironic, uh, coincidentally, I also pulled a story, uh, story earlier. Lululemon's billionaire founder Chip Wilson, he's he's slamming the company today for its diversity and inclusion efforts. Right? This is and this is a company, Matt, which stock has gone from basically ten dollars to six hundred dollars in the last ten years on a complete up. Line, yes. right? Like right. just the, one of the most successful companies known to the world. And this guy, the founder, is is a billionaire because of the people who replace them because of how good they've been at their jobs, because it's his shareholdings that are increasing in value because of, among other things, their great DEI efforts. And this guy is in the news today but even, but yelling about it. All the woke stuff, like yeah. Target was up, like in their their last quarterly earnings, they were up like 36 percent year over year for net income. AB InBev, the, the you know like Bud Light, Bud Light like yeah. they were they were up seven percent year over year for quarter. So yeah. like we're we're not talking about companies that are failing because of no. DEI or ESG or sustainability or all of that stuff. We are talking about. An angry group of very wealthy, entirely white men attacking anywhere they see the potential of, of people of color or women having power, right? Yes, like, yes. Is, is there, a, that's the only correlation at this point. Yep. And, and we saw it with Strive, we saw it everywhere else. That's everywhere. the only correlation. I don't want to talk about it. Got it out of our system. I hate it. I'm so angry. That's not oh, the man. way to start 2024. <laughs> I, by know, the way. I know. Hey. What a way. Put away. Oh. That's Damien Rollis. 
I am your analyst, Soul Matt Biscardi. We are free float. We got a proxy countdown show coming. Oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow. we are talking about uh, Walgreens. Proxy countdown at Walgreens. Let me tell you about Walgreens. I it's love Walgreens. It's going to be fun to talk about that. Yeah, because, because I th- it's the only. I think it's the only company in our database where the executive chair, uh, the major shareholder, his wife is the COO. Yes, I think that's and the only case where that exists. The company. Yeah, and, and his daughter not and his the daughter. founder, and they're not even the founder. Yeah. They're like it's it's bananas. So let, we'll have some vote recommendations on the proxy countdown. Where if you want like serious data on Come proxy on. voting, that's where Come to get on. it. On Friday, we have a monster prediction show for 2024. Oh, and then next week, we're going to go back to doing three There's shows a, next a week. week. There's a next week? Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, oh Business Pants. I thought this was it for 2024. Suit up, 2024. We're coming for you. That's it. Until then, goodbye.